Uh, welcome everyone to uh, my YouTube channel. My name is Nick and I'm uh, happy to uh, bring our first guest to the podcast here, Mr. Uh, Cal Dosange. So Cal, welcome uh, to, uh, to the podcast today. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate that. Awesome. So uh, I'm just going to start off uh, and maybe uh, for the viewers, can we get um, a little bit of background? Um, I know uh, you know, you're a very distinguished uh, police officer in the force for over 20 years. Um, you have an amazing foundation going here with Kids Play, which we'll get into. Uh, you've received numerous awards, including the uh, the BC uh, Achievement Community Award back in uh, 21. So, yeah, le at least to say you've done you've done a little bit for the community here, right? But uh, maybe start from the beginning. Let's uh, let's go back to uh, uh, Cal's upbringing here and uh, maybe uh, uh, talk to the audience about that. Yeah, you know what? Absolutely. So I'm an active duty law enforcement officer in addition to being the CEO and uh, founder of Kid Play Foundation. Uh, I am coming into my 23rd year as a police officer, and I'm currently in the investigative division. Spent approximately around 15 years in the operational, uh, in their operational capacity as a deep patrol officer in the downtown east side. And I think that's where my real journey began. Because um, unfortunately, when I finished university, uh, it was very much um, one-dimensional academic thinking. It was very insulated. I think I was very naive to the way the world operated. And so when I ended up being thrown uh, into uh, the downtown east side as a patrol officer, it was trial by fire. And uh, so you learn uh, on the go and you always gotta be thinking on your feet. And I got a chance, it was a very steep learning curve. And so it was then that I began to understand exactly uh, mechanics of how things work, how people think. And uh, that experience grew naturally, exponentially over time. But uh, once again, it was very restricted thinking. It was very us versus them mentality, the thin blue line, because uh, either uh, it was your police officers and you're responsible for apprehending the suspect. And it was specifically from a law enforcement perspective scope. And by that, what I'm saying is that I didn't think beyond that. I, I didn't, it was very restricted to um, in the box kind of thinking. Whereas over time, I began to realize that you need to appreciate and understand the human dimension. It might seem ironic that I'm, I'm telling you this because it almost seems like we're putting the cart before the horse because we should understand the human dimension before we get on the job, but it doesn't work like that. It's not until you get on the job uh, that you begin to understand exactly uh, who people are and how things work. And also, on account of that, you begin to appreciate that everybody comes from a different set of circumstances, and you need to be empathetic and compassionate uh, to not judge them or critique them, but try to understand them and be your brother's keeper, help out where you can. And so in that respect, I think uh, being in the downtown east side very specifically, really gave me a chance to grow. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I think, you know, being a, a police officer is, is definitely one of the more challenging career options out there. It takes a huge mental toll, I'm sure a huge physical toll. So let, let, let's speak on that a little bit. Uh, you know, as a police officer, you've been doing this for 20 plus years now. Um, how do you keep yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally in check to, uh, you know, deal with these sorts of encounter, encounters on a day-to-day -day basis? Absolutely. It's, uh, <laughs> it's been a tremendous challenge. Uh, you know what? This is not something that uh, I, I accomplished overnight. 
I think it took a tremendous amount of uh, introspection, uh, self-reflection, a lot of willpower uh, to find that balance in life. You know, when you first get into policing, they make sure that you, they ask you, say, what are your coping mechanisms? And everyone needs some positive constructive outlet to ventilate uh, their emotions. Some people find destructive outlets, uh, i.e. Uh, turning to alcohol or substance abuse. And it is imperative and crucial that you turn to positive constructive outlets. And in my case, it's always been uh, meditation and exercise. And so in that respect, when I'm in the gym uh, or I'm meditating and uh, engaging in self-reflection, I think those are moments where I can uh, deal with all the issues, uh, everything that I've seen on the job. And you see a lot. And so in that respect, I think uh, mental health uh, combined with being physically fit is absolutely crucial, uh, especially in this job. And so <clears throat> somebody might be physically fit, but they're completely uh, ignoring the mental health element, the mental health aspect. You've got to keep both balanced. And so in that respect, uh, having two young kids at home, uh, being out in the community, having kids play, being on the job, I always have a lot on the go. And it's important that I make time for myself as well. And in that respect, I think the gym and meditation is there. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, meditation is one of those things that is, is, is very overlooked. Um, people are like, oh, you know, I just got to sit there and what, do nothing for, for 10 minutes. But, I, you know, I think you stated it uh, correctly. It's, you got to find that fine balance, right, between being able to, you know, have the physical component, but also being able to know when to calm yourself down in certain situations because I'm sure there's you know many situations you'll come across in your line of work where you could easily get irritated but uh, you know if you level up a little bit it's gonna it's gonna make the situation worse right so um, yeah I, I definitely couldn't agree with that more uh, let's let's see on the fitness for a sec because I know you know exercise and fitness is a huge passion of yours um, you know I know your wife's uh, very big into uh, into exercise and fitness as well so, you know, how big of a role did fitness play for you in your life? Like maybe how old were you when you got started? And uh, how is it, how important is it for, uh, for individuals today as we see the uh, obesity crisis uh, get worse and worse here in Canada? Yeah, you know what? Fitness has played such a pivotal role in my life. And the reason why is because my parents were strong proponents uh, of uh, me, uh, my brother and I playing sports. And they espoused uh, always the fundamental traditional values of staying connected with your culture, staying connected with religion, staying connected with a higher education, a purpose. And sports was a big component of that because they believed that by being physically uh, engaged with a particular sport or a sporting activity, that we uh, stayed away. So are you there? Yeah. We stayed away uh, from uh, engaging getting involved in anything destructive, like gangs and drugs and all that. And it worked because uh, there was a lot of values that, uh, there was a lot of values that and attributes that we took from sports, uh, leadership, commitment, dedication, sacrifice. And so in that respect, uh, I think it instilled a lot of good principles that we have been able to take, extrapolate and translate into other aspects of our life. And so that is the reason why I'm such a big proponent of sports or any kind of physical activity. And that was one of the primary reasons why I created Kids Play is because when you provide some kind of regiment or some kind of order to a child's life, it gives them a purpose. 
and more importantly, it's a positive constructive outlet where they can channel their energy in a positive way uh, versus channeling their energy into something like gangs and drugs. Because with gangs and drugs, I mean, what is gangs at the end of the day? Uh, it's a brotherhood slash sisterhood. It's this uh, pseudo subculture family that you find where you fit in and you find acceptance and identity. And you can do the same thing through sports. What are uh, team sports, right? You belong to a team, right? In that respect, it becomes your family and you take care of one another, but in a positive way, right? So that's the reason why when we engage kids through kids play and we attach them to sports and I get asked like, why sports? Why physical activity? This is why, because there's so many positive attributes you can learn from. Yeah, no, and I think, you know, especially from a young age, like you said, right, uh, instilling these, these tr- quote unquote traits, the leadership, you know, what hard work really looks like, understanding, um, you know, nothing in life is, is easy, you got to kind of put in, put in some, some work to kind of get to where you need to be, right? So uh, I couldn't agree more. And actually, that's a great pivot into, uh, into the next question I wanted to ask you. So kids play, I mean, you've done a heck of a job, my man, you know, you know over 70,000 members, you've expanded outside of Vancouver, I think you're in Toronto now. You had some recent events here uh, out in, uh, uh, in India as well. So kudos to you for, for doing such a great job with this organization. I was reading a piece and uh, I think you initially got started, uh, you were in the downtown east side and you ended up putting a soccer tournament on, which kind of blew up into what Kids Play is today. So instead of me talking about it, how about um, from your end, how did, uh, how did Kids Play start um, and, and kind of what's your vision of, of where you want it to go right now? A hundred percent. So working in the downtown east side, I noticed uh, a steady stream of kids coming into the open air drug market, engaging uh, with the gangs and drugs down there. So they were using and they were selling. And these were young kids. We're talking about 14, 15, 16. But mind you, these kids came from lower socioeconomic backgrounds, essentially poverty, where they came from subsidized housing and they had never been afforded opportunities to engage in positive constructive outlets like organized sports. And so these kids would come down there, they'd be selling the drugs, We'd be arresting them, throwing them in jail. They'd get pushed through the criminal justice system and spewed out on, on the other end to re-engage in that perpetual cycle of violence. And I just found that very bothersome because as far as I was concerned, we weren't part of the solution. We were part of the problem. In essence, I mean, if you think about it, that system was broken because there was so much more that could have been done for these kids along the way. And when I say system, I'm talking about society as a whole, is that society as a whole was quick to point a finger at these kids and say, well, you know what? You should know better. You're responsible for your actions, and now you're going to be held accountable. But question is, I mean, where did they get the audacity to do that? Because who really stepped it up and took these kids by the hand and guided them and taught them uh, positive uh, values, taught them good principles, or provided them an outlet? Nobody. Now, if you weren't willing to do that, then you don't also have the right to point your finger at these kids and say, well, you should know better. So I just... It was one situation after the next, one incident after the next, and I just had enough. I was like, you know what? There was, there's something that we could be doing about this because as an officer, I have a uniform, and I've been given a responsibility, and I'm very grateful for that opportunity. But as a member of society, I feel that from a humanitarian perspective, that we carry a, a moral burden of uh, obligation to be doing more for these kids. And so uh, there was a couple of incidents that happened where I finally just had enough through the line in the sand and approached my inspector, asked for some nominal funding. I got 500 bucks, which wasn't a lot back then. We're talking about 2006, 2007, back in the day. But I took that money and I put on a one-day soccer tournament for these kids. And it was a blast. 
uh, you know what, turned out to be tremendously successful. Invited about 150 kids from the downtown Eastside School catchment area. And these kids came out and they had so much fun. We handed them trophies, certificates, medals. Uh, you know what, we played soccer with them all day. And these same kids that were hardened and skeptical and jaded, that probably would have swore uh, at an officer passing by, were now giving us high fives and hugs and saying thank you for your time. And mind you, this was done on our own time. And these were off-duty officers, myself included, that we went on our day off to do this. And so when I saw the reaction from these kids, it just reinforced my um, convictions, my resolve that I'm going to do more for these kids. So every single year, that program grew exponentially, so much so that within seven years, we went from Strathcona Park uh, to running the tournament in BC Place with over uh, 2,000 kids, free of cost. Well, yeah, no, phenomenal. And uh, obviously still still going. It, it, originally, you started, sorry, you said back in 06? That was when Kids Play came about? No, that's when I was running programs for the Police Athletic League mm. uh, in my respective department. And then uh, Kids Play came about in 2015. That's when I, uh, based on the success of uh, our program and what I was running here at the department, I decided, you know what, why not create a foundation? And mm. so we inaugurated Kids Play Foundation back in 2015. Phenomenal, yeah. And obviously going strong. You guys do a ton of great stuff for the community. Um, so obviously keep up the great work and I'll, any way I can help out in the future, you know, I'm, I'm here to, to, to lend a helping hand. Now to stay on the topic with, with kids, and, and I'm sure you can relate to this uh, being a parent. One challenging part uh, a lot of parents are finding these days is, uh, is the social media, right? I'm sure when you were growing up, you know, I mean, social media wasn't even really around. You're outside, you're playing, you're doing all this stuff. Now we got, you know, kids on phones, on tablets, you know, a new video games coming out every other day. So you as a parent, how, you know, what kind of advice can you give to, to other parents out there that are like, you know what, I totally agree with what you're saying, Cal. I think, um, you know, my, my kid would benefit from getting out, joining a sports team, but I can't get them off the damn iPad or the phone or, you know, when they come home, all they want to do is, is get on YouTube or play these video games. So what are your suggestions around uh, social media? And, 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 you know, do you think it's having a negative impact on society today? Uh, you know what? It's been said that everything in moderation. So we can't get around the fact that this is our world. This, that's the state of affairs today is that these digital devices are out there. And as a matter of fact, technology is going to advance and there's going to be uh, more devices that are going to become available, more new technologies. They're going to become available to kids. So you can't suppress it. You can't get rid of it. So how do you embrace it? And so in that respect, I think as a parent, we have a sole responsibility of making sure that there's uh, appropriate restrictions in place where you establish timelines and rules uh, going forward. And, but you also make sure that the kid's life is balanced. Because a lot of uh, parents will come up to me and say, you know what, I can't handle this anymore. My eight-year-old is out of control. And when I say, you know what, I don't want to uh, get off the computer or get off the video game, they say, no, we don't know what to do. And <laughs> And I think to myself that, you know what, you're the parent, you're in charge, you're sitting by the steering wheel, it's your responsibility where you have to establish those rules. So you're not going to deprive that child of that opportunity where, I mean, if they want to play a video game or they want to watch TV or do anything, that's fine. Nothing, no issues with that. But keep it healthy where you have your one hour or two hours that's established for that. But the other time, you still have to play your sports or you still have to engage in some kind of activity, positive recreational activity, whether that's dance or whether that's uh, art or music or something 
culturally related, you're engaging in some kind of positive constructive activity. And combined with the fact that they're making, you're making sure that they're doing their homework on time. So there, it needs to be this uh, fine balance that you have to establish so that these kids uh, operate that there are certain rules in place. And I'll tell you, kids operate remarkably when rules are established because, I mean, they might not appreciate it at the time, but they'll definitely appreciate it afterwards. Yeah, sometimes a little bit of tough love goes a long way. Eh? <laughs> 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about community because uh, I've, I've, you know, I've seen other interviews with you and, and you know, read some pieces about uh, how important community is, how important giving back is. Uh, you know, you've spoken a little bit uh, about your upbringing and um, what your parents instilled with you within you. I think today it's, it's, you know, more important than ever, just with the divisiveness that has gone on, you know, whether it's politics, whether it's COVID, um, but maybe talk to me a little bit about uh, the importance of giving back. Well, you know, as, as a citizen, like you said, it's important to, to give back uh, to the community. So, so what does that mean to you and, and what are things that, uh, you know, an average everyday Joe can, can start doing today? You know what, Nick, everybody has the capacity to get involved with something. If you think about it, like, it's just that, old proverb it's we all of us have time talent or treasure one of the three and i mean god's good grace that i mean someone might possess all three point being is that everyone has something to give and you just have to find what it is and you have to contribute in your own way because i think that's a i was just having this conversation earlier with somebody it's just what separates us from animals if, I mean, we don't engage in some kind of humanitarian effort? Because even animals or insects are capable of just taking care of themselves. I mean, being human beings, we have a higher conscience. And we're capable of feeling empathy and compassion for others. And part of that is being, part of that is possessing some level of humanitarianism, where we're here to take care of one another. I mean, in essence, I mean, that's a civilized society. I mean, if all of us as educated professionals just did our thing and just took care of ourselves, then what's our purpose? Everybody can make money, right? I mean, if all we're doing is just engaging materialism and buying uh, expensive things for ourselves or just going on expensive trips and that's all we do our entire lives, then that's not a life that's fulfilled. And so find your purpose and get out there and give back and you'll find true self-fulfillment. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it any better. And I think, you know, uh, especially with the younger generation, um, we're at a quick, uh, quick jump to, to just, you know, make the money or find that job that, uh, that makes the most money and not necessarily the most passionate or purposeful about it. But uh, it's not until you get down to your later years of understanding that, hey, you know, this is something I'm going to be doing long term. So why not enjoy it? And then once you do find your purpose, you know, find ways to, uh, to use that to give back to your community, your community, rather, like you were saying. So um, I definitely preach those words as well. Cal, I know in the interest of time here, um, I, uh, I'm, we're going to wrap this up. I appreciate uh, you taking the time of your day to, uh, to do this uh, interview with me. I do have three last questions to, that I uh, like leaving the, uh, the audience off with here. And this kind of gives me a little bit more of a, a sense into your mind. So uh, the first one is uh, a book recommendation. What would a book recommendation uh, you'd say be to, uh, you know, to anyone out there? Oh, boy. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say uh, The Alchemist. Yes, great uh, that, book. Yeah, that had a big impact on me because, uh, you know what? Just follow your flow in life and you'll find your purpose. Absolutely. Um, one quote you live by. I believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. <laughs> 
I like that. Um, and and lastly, um, and this one, you know, whether it's an individual that's still alive or someone that that's uh, no longer with us, someone that you'd like to sit down with and maybe pick their brain and do an interview for yourself personally. Nelson Mandela. Mm, Nelson Mandela, really good. She just uh, watched a documentary on that man and. Wow, some of the things that that man's seen uh, that, you know, I'm sure the stories that he'd share with you over uh, for a glass of wine, you'd uh, be able to sit there for hours and hours. So um, once again, Cal Basange, appreciate your time. Um, again, if you uh, are interested in helping Cal out with his uh, foundation, um, please go ahead and uh, check that out. I'll make sure I'll, I'll link your uh, kids play in, in, the, uh, in the YouTube link below. Um, and on social media, they can find you. Is it just at Cal Basange? Yep, you got it. Uh, you're on social media. So it's Cal DeSange on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You got it. Perfect. And uh, Instagram. And Instagram. Awesome. Yeah, we'll make sure we link that. Once again, Cal, thank you very much. And uh, we'll get to chat again down the road.